0: I think it's easy when you have a budget or like when someone's like, "Go, we want you to go big. It's mm-hmm. easy to fall into that trap of like, okay, let's go big. It's time for part two. Part two. I think the real challenging part is to go big in the right ways. hundred percent. And make it memorable with whatever you're going big with. It's connected to the product because otherwise it's like, It's just, oh, did did you see this ad? They did this thing where they launched a guy in a rocket. (laughs) Oh, what was the ad for? Um, (laughs) Crap, I can't remember. But it was freaking wild, man. Like they must have spent a ton of money, you know? Yeah.
1: And like I think when we hear big budget, we immediately think like movies, big budget movies have lots of spectacle, Mm -hmm. but it just it isn't
0: uh, apples to apples with ads. And honestly, with movies, that's my same advice. It's the same thing. It's like Michael Bay does some insane, unbelievable Bayham action that's just like, yeah, whoa. but you're like, it doesn't have any emotional weight. Almost no, ever. I mean they're I, giant space robots. I, <laughs> I call it boring action. Yeah. When
1: you can watch it and just be like, when is this going to stop? And and me like with having a production background, fully appreciating that like every minute of this movie is costing two million dollars.
0: So much money. So <laughs> much money.
1: Like, and see, please. Uh <laughs> But I would say like even with Avatar, I think the first Avatar could have been the greatest movie of all time. If they like if the budget is three hundred million, why not throw more at the writing? Yeah. Can we shave off four minutes of CGI <laughs> and give that to some writers to so that the the this amazing spectacle also has weight? But I think it's the same thing for ads. And I definitely like please let let's portion out yeah. more of that budget, be it big or small, towards the writing first. And then make it look great. It's that idea of like in editing, it, there's that quote of like, editing can make a good thing great, but it can't make a bad thing great. Yeah. Like, you can only go one more level. Yeah. And writing is the way to get it to that place. Yeah. Because you can tinker all you want after that with however much, you know, After Effects. But it doesn't make gonna...
0: a good, a crappy joke funnier. Yeah. So, a lot of the people who listen to our podcast are usually like they might be small business owners or entrepreneurs or like the you know, people who are at startups who like might not have crazy um big budgets you know for maybe like or even like even modest budgets and so mm-hmm. some of the stuff they're just like they're writing small simple videos or doing TikTok style videos that, and, and and even in TikTok style videos like writing is still key like writing is really really important to like having good content because people still will filter out crap content if it's not entertaining it's not funny like on the smaller scale like what what advice would you give for a company who wants to maybe start doing more comedic stuff or might want to start venturing into like actually doing some advertising that has some personality behind it um from a from a writing perspective what would what what advice would you give them
1: Uh, i would say obviously like go comedic focus on the writing and honestly, like hire comedians before you hire comic writers, or before you try and like teach ad writers to be funny, mm-hmm. or invest in courses for them to be funny. Haven't you found that that yeah. that, that it's a lot easier to take someone that already has a skill set and just sort of inform them with what their new parameters are?
0: A hundred percent. And I think too, like I mean, you were obviously a really like clear example of that where you're like oh i now i just I just need to understand the rules of the game mm-hmm. and i can play within those constraints and and get this really quick and like like kurt maloney's another one like that um and you've worked with kurt on title oh, Twins, yeah, right great. and like he's another he most of his he does stand up but his most of his background is in improv and i think that that's an improv it's the same way where it's like what is what's the rules of the game what's what's the bit that we're doing and then you just figure out how to work within those constraints. Yeah. And I think if they have that core comedy um, component where they know how to make things punchy and funny and they know like the rules of the game, they can. it's so much easier to do that. Because I mean... I think that when you try and get a marketer to be funny, it's painful.
1: It doesn't have to be exclusively comedians. Sure. But I think one one way that it helps if you're gonna hire someone is that comedians will already have sort of a real you can see their stuff online. Yeah. And I also don't wanna say not even hundred percent of comedians. Like you all not all some comedians are like mostly personality zero jokes, Kevin Hart. So I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't just hire anyone because there still has to be like, especially people who have that skill set of like setup punch, setup punch, yeah. like like cleanly crafted jokes. Or someone who is great at improv, who is very quick on their feet yep. uh, because they can also... Um, sit down and, and write jokes as well. And from that background, that actually helps too because there there is a performative aspect to ad writing uh-huh. when you are pitching an ad that is crucial to it because I don't know how many ads I've been in. Especially in the beginning, I wasn't great at performing on my own scripts. And then I would complain about like his isn't funny or he just, he just talked funnier. And it's like, yeah, that's what the ad is going to be. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> when cl- clients are bad at seeing through that. 100%. Because like, yeah. I've been present for a lot of those with you, Kellen because Kellen is almost on all of my big projects. Like if, if, if he's possibly available, I'm like, will you right? Wow. Um, and it, it's so true because they they can't see they see the spectacle. They see the energy, they yeah. feel the room like of what it's being what's being displayed to them. And if it's not, even if you have the best jokes, if it's not like in, with that energy and being pitched to them in a really powerful way, they're like, Oh, that one was funny, but like I remember the feeling I had when this guy was reading, and it was like big, and, exactly like, fun, yeah, and, like yeah. you know, found it felt exciting, you know. Yeah,
1: I've had that and been bitter in the moment uh, of like I know someone else who I thought that their script was weaker, but they could do voices, and I can't really do voices.
0: Now, Kellen, that's not <laughs> true. I've been listening to the animatic okay. that you're doing for Tuttle Twins you've did a bunch of the
1: like the, the, yeah, the voices on there well yeah that was a bummer too because the uh, one of the characters is supposed to be Robin Williams from, from Jumanji but it's almost like I can do a Robin Williams if you know that I'm doing Robin
0: Williams. <laughs> but it's not good enough to wear crosses over that threshold. Immediately, <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: that's, like bad, that's what bad impressionists do. They have to say, here's Christopher Walken and McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not going to do because everyone has a Christopher Walken. But if you have to say it, you're not good. I but you nailed it. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I have to with Robin Williams. So then when I say, what was it? Uh, my favorite line is like, define filmmaking. Like, hey, that's pretty That <laughs> What year is it? Hmm. <laughs> so those little things. But if you don't know that, someone, someone threw in the feedback who had no idea what the character was supposed to be. She goes, why does this guy sound like Mr. Burns? <laughs> and then now that's all I can hear. Hey, Smithers. What year is it, Smith? <laughs> But I would say now that like the uh, an objective standpoint is that right solid writing and solid performance are both yeah. crucial to that environment because you have to be able to like performance
0: also instills like confidence in in the client. Yeah. I remember you were telling me about your bike lock joke and how you had been workshopping that and and, and maybe tell them a little bit about like uh Like the audience a little bit about like what was the thing that put it over the edge? Do you remember this? So the joke just
1: started as an idea. I was in a Home Depot and I saw that they were just you know they just sell. Home Depot essentially sells weapons. <laughs> so i was just imagining like how insane is it like uh, at this store i don't know about here in utah but like regular store if they if there are guns or whatever dangerous things they're locked up behind the thing but you go to home depot and it's just like saws and axes and <laughs> hammers and all manner of like you could just your imagination goes crazy right <laughs> am i the only one no so so then i just walking by the chains and realizing like i could just buy a chain so the original joke was you can just you could go to home depot and by a chain and a padlock and put it on anything you want. And that was a joke and it never really hit. But I kept iterating and once it became... It went from Padlock and Chain and whatever you want <laughs> on writing and Made to Stick are the two books that have Im- influenced my comedy writing more than yeah. anything. I made to Stick, you know, though it was a highly, highly recommend. Such a good book. And, and it's all about like making memorable messages. Mm-hmm. And they're like, the more concrete you can be, the more emotional you can be. Um, and so sort of using those tactics, I, just making it more specific. So I took it from Padlock and Chain to just Bike Lock, which is very snappy and very specific. And then I said, you could just, grab, uh, so then it became a bike lock. Isn't it crazy that bike locks are illegal? Like, with your, the the line that everyone remembers is, is do you have any idea of the amount of power you wield with your imagination in a bike lock? And then the example became like, you could just go up to a Baskin Robbins and be like, you're closed. And I just have this little, it's not even like a sharp joke, but just the idea of snapping this lock uh, onto the two door handles of a, Baskin Robin. And then that's like the literally yesterday I was at Zupa's and I ordered, and the guy goes, Are you a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> the guy making my salad, he's like, You talk about bike locks, right? And I
0: was like, Other stuff too. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And I, yeah, I remember you saying that, that that gesture was one of the things that put it over the top, yep. right? Like just kind of it was like the end cap that just kind of brought everything together. And I think it's like, uh, that's like the stuff that I think only comes when you practice and workshop because it's, it's so funny. Like humans are, our brains work so interesting because it's like the slightest change in performance can be the make or break. And the concept can be so rich and it'd be so funny and punchy. But if it's just off on the timing, even the slightest bit or a gesture or like an inflection point is missed. The joke just falls flat. To that point, before it
1: was your clothes, the iteration before that was I would then just say, You could go up to a Baskin Robbins and lock it. And even that, people were just like, Huh, you could. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, like, that's a great point. though everything building into it was still ninety-nine percent the same. It was just that one little your clothes and boom becomes the biggest joke I've ever
0: done. Yeah, that's that's wild. But I, I it just speaks to the testament of workshopping and polishing. So uh, thanks so much, Kellen, uh, for for coming on here. It's been super fun. I always love talking about creativity and I've always enjoyed working with you just as a writer and like I feel like we've always gelled super, super well and I think a lot of our products have actually turned out like really well whenever we work together. So it's always fun to work together in another capacity. Don't forget to check out Kellen's podcast, The Book Pile. Kellen co-hosts us with one of our, co-hosts the podcast with one of our other writers, Dave Vance. Um, and again, the Transformer episode is pure comic gold. You should check it out. Any other really good episodes that you really love? Uh, some recent ones that we did that I am really proud of
1: is that we, uh, we roasted Jonathan Livingston Siegel. <laughs> uh, which we didn't we didn't mean to I just never read it and I was like this is insane that it was so successful we've roasted the Twilight series we've recently done uh, Ender's Game and we've done two two episodes with my favorite comedian in the world Chad Daniels we've done um, The Old Man of the Sea and uh, we spent 40 minutes just on Goodnight Moon
0: those are very- <laughs> <laughs> all right, right man until next time thanks for joining us on this episode thanks man All right. Thank you for watching Raising Unicorns! Subscribe now!